Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. So, it's the start of the year, and we're always looking at ways to do life a bit better. Sometimes it's about losing weight, exercise more, join the gym, start a new course, start a new career. And I know I've been talking to a lot of young people that have changed uni degrees and all those things. And it's kind of at the start of the year is when you do all that sort of stuff. So hopefully you think about putting new routines in to connect you with God more and maybe more prayer, Bible reading, all that sort of stuff. It's a good time to look back at the year that's just gone and to see whether you need to make some adjustments just to make life run a little bit smoother especially in our relationships of those closest to us. So every year we like to do a relationship talking in early January to kind of chart your path for the year. So with this in mind, I want to take some time this morning to look at how we do relate to those closest to us, particularly our spouse or our partner and those closest in our world. We need reminding often, I think, about keeping our marriages and relationships growing like everything Now, for those of you that aren't married, particularly this whole bunch of young people down the front, no snoozing, no getting your phones out, okay? I don't know what you like, text, 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 all that. You need to listen because you're not married yet, but you will be. You will be one day. You've seen your parents be married, good or bad, and sometimes it's just good to learn. So think of it as a learning experience. I'm going to make it fun, okay? So even if you remember nothing but the fun part, relationships can be fun. And as Christians, we're called to be salt and light. So our relationships are on display for all to see. So I want us to be the head and not the tail. I want people to look at our relationships and go, wow, why is your marriage so amazing? Why are your relationships so good? Okay, that's what we need to be. And we each need a tool belt. If I should have thought of bringing in a big tool belt, that would have been really cool actually, a big carpenter's tool belt. A few tools in our marriage to keep them going well. We've got things like the love languages you've all heard about. We're not talking about those today. Different personalities really affect the way we do relationships. The love bank concept we've talked about before. But today I'm going to unlock another tool. That in our life group last year, I take the young mums and their children. And we um, cruised our way through a book called Love and Respect. And it's by Dr. Emerson Egerix. Now it's been around for a while. Some of you may have already read it, but honestly, the concepts that he unwraps in this book can be life-changing, and that's what I want to share with you today. And why are they life-changing? Because they're based on the Word of God. And this is what um, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it didn't fall. Because it had foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a crash. I don't know about you, I want to build my house on the rock. Don't you? The rock being the word of God. We're going to have a look at Ephesians chapter 5 if you've got a Bible, iPad, phone, whatever thing you've got and let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. It is our lifeline. It shows us how to live our lives abundantly. And um, as we open your word today, Lord, I pray that you would open every heart here 
open every ear to hear, help people lean in and um, help us learn, Lord, change mindsets that need shifting, our heart maybe that needs a little softening and help us in our marriages and our relationships and the future relationships we to have when we base them on your word. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. The scripture we're working from is Ephesians 5, verse 31 to 33. It says this, For, the re- for this reason a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Greg and I have been married for 36 years. Can you believe that? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, give give us a clap. Give him a clap. He probably needs it more than me. (laughs) But without some effort and fine-tuning, we wouldn't be as happy as we are today after all those years. Without this love and respect connection, I don't think that marriage can be all that God's created it to be. God's created men and women to be different. Have you realised that? And this is where the fun, or maybe in brackets heartache, begins in a relationship. Women often look at the world very differently. They look through pink sunglasses and they have a pink hearing aid, which is different to our men. They think in a feminine way, okay? Men, on the other hand, seem to perceive and see the world in a masculine way. We're going to call these blue lenses and blue hearing aids that only other men can hear and see. You're going to see where there's a problem. So I bought some glasses, some pink ones, and some blue ones. Pink ones. They're pretty cool, aren't they? I'm just going to teach a little bit about decoding. Okay. She says, she gets invited to a function, okay? I've got nothing to wear. All the girls wearing pink sunglasses go, of course you don't have anything to wear. You need something new. Not only do you need a new dress, you need new shoes to go with it. We need to go shopping. We need to go down to Charlestown. We need to spend a whole day there. We can do lunch. We can do coffee. It's going to be fantastic. Okay, that's what all the girls hear. Okay, she says, I have nothing to wear to that function next week. He hears, oh, what do you mean you've got nothing to wear? You've got a wardrobe full of dresses. You've hardly, no one's even going to notice if you wear the same dress. Whilst thinking, oh no, oh no, she's going to ask me to go shopping. She's going to want to go shopping all day in Charlestown and I'm going to have to bear it. Quick, shoot me now. That's what he's thinking. Now, some of you men not, might not be like that. Okay, one more example. She says, let's talk. And the girlfriends go, yes, meet you down at the coffee shop for coffee. Got so much, I so want to hear about everything you did last weekend. And I've been waiting to tell you all this stuff that's going on in my life. Can't wait to share with you. Okay, that's the girl talk. <laughs> you know where I'm going, don't you? She says, let's talk. He goes, oh, groan on the inside. Oh, what's she want to talk about now? Nothing deeply meaningful. Oh, what's she going to, what's she want me to change now? Oh, quick, 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 what can I do? Does the lawn need mowing? How can I get out of this? Um, Like those examples? They're just one of many. And I say that with a bit of a laugh, but you know what? It's pretty true. We say things and decode them very differently of how God's created us. So can you see how this makes things really interesting in a relationship? 
Because men and women hear and see differently, they can't always decode what their partner is trying to say or the signals they're sending out. And this is what this guy calls the crazy cycle. And it's this. I'm going to talk about it more in a second. Without love, which is her deepest need, she reacts without respect, which is his deepest need. Without respect, his deepest need, she, he reacts without love, which is her deepest need. So it goes around. I'll talk about it in a sec. So I believe God made us women to love easily. It seems to come naturally. Watching little girls, they just love and nurture and care without any trouble at all. We don't seem to have any trouble. And a man seems to be able to respect quite easily and appears to come quite naturally. But it's not quite so easy in most cases for a woman to unconditionally respect a husband and a man to unconditionally love his wife. So we're going to have a look at three cycles today. First, the crazy cycle. Secondly, the energising cycle. Thirdly, the rewarding cycle. So let's have a look at the crazy cycle. Here we go, up there. Getting on this cycle is all too easy. What happens is the cycle starts when each partner begins to react to a lack and things begin to spin out of control. Can you see it? Round and round we go. When a husband feels disrespected, he has a natural tendency to react in ways that might feel unloving to his wife. He may withdraw emotionally from her or react with anger. When a woman feels unloved, she has a natural tendency to react in ways that feel disrespectful to a husband, such as a sharp tongue or even contempt. And so it goes on and on. So have a think for a minute. Have you found this to be true in your marriage? This little cycle that you find yourself in. I know I'm being guilty, hands up, of reacting very badly at times with my tongue in particular. This can lead to all sorts of frustrations and dissatisfactions in a relationship. However, once we know the power of this verse in Ephesians and the result of obeying it, it can help us so much in strengthening our relationship. Often as women, I think we can think, I'll only show him respect when I think he deserves it or when he's earned it. Or for men, maybe, I'm not going to love her when she speaks to me like that. But that's conditional love or respect. Withholding it based on our partner's behaviour or your expectation of their behaviour. The crazy cycle can only be broken if we humble ourselves, swallow our pride and make a decision to put no conditions on this at all. And each time you do this, you honour God in your relationship. We each have to take responsibility for our actions and our responses. So we've got to be able to decode the actions of our partner, trying to understand what that underlying need might be. Are her actions a cry for more love? Are his reactions maybe a cry for more respect? I know over the years I found myself in mother mode. I don't know about you women out there, but I found myself treating Greg like one of the kids, almost scolding him and going crook on him, um, showing him disrespect in a huge way. But back then I probably didn't realise what it was. Um, As women, I think sometimes we think our job is to fix our men. And... um, we always try, I think, sometimes to do that. But it's not our, not our job, girls. Be careful if you do get um, hooked into that. That's God's job. We can leave that to him. We can pray for them and leave them in God's hands. Our job is to respect them and build them up continually. So it's a good thing to ask yourself, is what I'm about to say going to come across as disrespectful or unloving? Okay, it only takes a second to actually 
Get that thought as it's going across your mind and think about it. And if so, guess what? Keep it to yourself or find a way to say it differently. I know that for me, when I actually take time to think about what I'm going to say, and I know Greg probably thinking, oh, do you really ever take time? <laughs> Not really, but occasionally I do. And um, <laughs> it's quite difficult sometimes when you're a different personality to harness those zillions of thoughts that are going in your head. But when I do stop and I think and I veto that thought, I know the first thing that comes out of my mouth is going to be much more respectful and uplifting than the first thing that I would blurt out of my mouth. So, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm always preaching to myself when I'm up here, okay? And if you get anything out of it, that's fine. Um, when a woman feels unloved and a man disrespected, along with many other needs, their emotional tanks can run on empty. And this can lead to either partner feeling very vulnerable and wanting to get out of the relationship or to look elsewhere for those needs to be fulfilled. However, each time we meet our partner's needs, we make deposits into their love tank and um, love is built up for one another. So that's the crazy cycle, okay? Now we get the energising cycle. So you can find yourself in this crazy cycle and not very happy about it, but how do you get off or how do you get out of it? The cycle continues to spin and spin until somebody decides to meet the needs of their spouse in spite of the fact that their own needs are getting unmet. Either spouse can break the crazy cycle and help the marriage get into a better place. So a husband's love motivates his wife's respect and a wife's respect motivates her husband. Okay, so we've got the cycle going, you make a decision, okay, things aren't that great in this marriage but I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to do the thing that God tells me to do. As a woman, I'm going to respect my husband all the time, as best as I can under my ability. For a bloke, I'm going to love her anyway. And um, then you begin, this thing happens, that when you do that, your partner is motivated to actually look to you differently and then you end up getting your needs met. So it's a bit of a win-win situation, actually. But you can't possibly hope to get what you need by withholding what your spouse needs. It's a very immature approach to think, well, oh, he might want his spouse. Well, I'm not giving him any respect. He doesn't deserve it. No, 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 no. It's a bit like a spoilt brat, really. You can live your life like that and in a marriage like that, but guess what? It's not going to be a mature marriage that is satisfying. So somewhere along the line, we do have to grow up in the way we think about things and the way we act. Communication um, is a huge key to any relationship, expressing those needs. We're not mind readers. How do you know what your husband needs and vice versa. And it's not something that you, I don't know about you, but in our marriage, we certainly didn't talk about it over a boiled egg over breakfast. Oh, hi, you know, how's your morning? Oh, how's your needs? Can I help you with this? Da, da, da. It just doesn't naturally happen. So that's where our fall in love, stay in love marriage course came out of our heart to bring a course together that would really help people in the practical side of marriage. And we've got one coming up very soon starting on March the 1st on a Tuesday night. So we've got some places and I would love for anyone who would like some practical help. doesn't matter if your marriage is fantastic, best marriage in the world, or you're struggling at this end, anywhere along the line, you can get a great forward motion in your marriage. So come and talk to Greg or I after today because we're looking at couples to join that. Hands up if you've done the course. There's quite a few of you. So if you're not sure... Um, have a talk to any of these people that have done the course and they will tell you that it is, it is wonderful. So um, 
Earlier in this Ephesians verse, in verse 22, Paul says this. He says, wives, submit yourself to your husband as you do to the Lord. And I know this word submit can cause a bit of angst in this modern day and age. But I'd like you to think of submission as being a sign of respect. We women are not to be doormats or walked all over either or mistreated in any way. So don't even think that for a moment, girls. So here we go, practical side. Notes, pens ready. Here's a few ideas for the girls. How you might like to try to communicate respect and motivate your husband to be more loving toward you. Most men want to be appreciated and admired. So rate yourself on each of these and make a little note of those that you might can get better at. Firstly, appreciate his desire to work and achieve for you and your family. Thank him for all his hard work. I'm glad I'm not a bloke. I really respect our men when they work their whole life. They have a career and every day of their life they work to provide for their family. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So thank you men for all the hard work that you do and the long hours that you work. Allow him to dream. Don't be one of those women that cut him down every time he has a dream. Pop, there goes that bubble. We women are blessed to have men in our world that provide so well for us and our children. Secondly, appreciate his desire to protect and provide for you and the family. Praise him for his commitment and never take your husband for granted, girls. Look up to him. Put him on a pedestal if you have to. Well, maybe not put him on a pedestal because that's not such a good thing either because then we may have too higher expectations. But look up to him and don't put him down verbally or in body language. So I think some of us can be good at the verbal. Oh, yeah, you're awesome. Build him up. But your body language can say a totally different thing, especially facial expressions. No rolling of the eyes. Yeah, whatever. You don't have to say a word. Your body tells him what you're thinking. So beware of body language and how, how, how that speaks or speaks disrespect to your man. Listen to your tone. You might say something, but what's the tone that is behind it? There's, if it's got a sharp edge to it, you might as well be saying totally different words because the tone is telling him what you're actually thinking. Just little things to think about, okay? Appreciate his authority and desire to lead your family. Support him as a leader and don't continually try to take leadership from him. Praise his good decisions and honour his authority, especially in front of the kids. Build him up in front of the children. Be his cheerleader. And maybe hold off on the pom-poms or maybe not. <laughs> Guess what I've got in the bag? You got it. really embarrass him. Oh, I nearly forgot the words then. That was a bit scary, wasn't it? Oh, I know I'm a bit out there, but do you know what? 
we do need to be our cheerleaders. If the wife is not her husband's best cheerleader, who is? So really, I just take things to the extreme as I always do, but remember that. Remember nothing about today. Remember the pom-poms and give him a cheer every now and then, okay? Okay, oh, well done, Max. You are awesome up there keeping up with me. Appreciate his insight and counsel. Seen through those blue glasses. Recognise your man's problem-solving ability. I think men are amazing at working through problems, especially my husband. He's amazing. Tell him up front if you just need a listening ear and not a fix-it ear. Because sometimes they can be pretty good at saying, well, if you just did this, off you go. Sometimes we just want to just talk. Um, I love the wisdom and the input that Greg gives me in his thinking. He brings such balance to me. I'll come at him with something, no, 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 no. And he'll just bring this incredibly wise counsel, totally left of field. And so I really appreciate about that, you, Greg. And I know a lot of the men here are like that as well. Appreciate his desire for shoulder-to-shoulder friendship. Tell him how much you like him. He knows you love him, but you actually like him. It's a bit of a trick, isn't it? Do things together. Go to the footy every now and then and play Xbox, even if you have to. I won't kill you, or might, but he'll think you're great. He'll think you're really great. Um, release him to spend some time alone, if that's what energises him, and encourage him to spend time with other men, in balance, of course. I mean, you don't want him out every night of the week with his mates, but it's nice for them to have male connection as well. And last one for the girls, appreciate that God has given him a sex drive. Understand that he needs sexual release just as much as you need emotional release. Don't withhold sex as punishment and don't shame him when he's honest with you about his struggles or his temptations. Okay, so I hope you've got a few ideas there, girls. You can go out and buy your own pom-poms if you like. (laughs) How many blokes would like to see their wives doing a bit of a pom-pom dance? (laughs) Okay. But remember, you've got to build your man up. Build him up and encourage him. Okay. Right, amen. You thought you got out of it. It's your turn. Get your pen ready. A few pointers on how you can communicate love to your wife so that she's motivated to show you that unconditional respect. Rate yourself on each of these and take a few notes maybe if you want to improve. Okay, she wants to feel close to you. So hold her hand every now and then. Show her a bit of affection without any sexual intention. Okay, just to be affectionate. Do things together. Go for a walk. Chat over a cup of coffee. Suggest an outing together, dinner or a movie. She's not trying to control you by being close to you. So lighten up, okay? Sometimes I think men, and I'm not speaking for any man in particular, sometimes maybe when women want to get close and a bit like this, ah, she's trying to control me, she's trying to do this. No, she's not. She's just trying to get close to you. That's what she's needing. She wants you to be open with her. So share a little bit more about yourself. Get real and honest about your day and difficulties. Don't withdraw from her. Pray together. Give her your full attention. Not one eye on the telly or on your phone while she's trying to talk to you. Share your plans about the future together. You don't have to have it all worked out, but just take it on the journey with you. And girls, this is, from my this is me talking, okay? This is the worst thing I used to do. I used to want Greg 
to be really open and honest with me, but I didn't shut up long enough for him to actually tell me anything. And so he'd go, oh, well, I'll give up and he won't speak. So he'd just withdraw a little bit. And in our marriage course, we discovered this. I'm like, I really do want you to be open. He said, well, you never listen. You talk too much. Or I interject. It's another one, girls. Sometimes we do that. Your man's trying to share with you and now I'm like, but, 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 just got to hold back. That's disrespect. It came through as disrespect in our marriage course. And I was quite like, oh, I'm really disrespectful. And when you see it like that, it is. So if you want him to be open and honest with you, let him talk. Don't interject. Don't try to correct him. Just let him talk. Let him share his plans about the future and not have it all worked out. Greg used to try to um, share a little bit with me about the future plans and I'd be like, ah, I'm freaking out. It's all too, too scary. So he wouldn't tell me anything. And then I'd go, how come you don't tell me anything? He's like, well, I can't win. So it's just those little pointers. Just have a think about your response. She wants you to understand her. Don't try to always fix her. Just listen. Don't dismiss her feelings as they, even though they seem illogical to you. Well, they're probably illogical to us too, but that doesn't matter. We're, that's a privilege of being a woman, I think. We can be illogical. We can be hormonal. Um, so just bear with us. You see, if you see something that needs to be done, just do it without making a big hassle, especially if this is her love language. She will love you for it. You don't have to make, make big accolades like, I'm so good, I mowed the lawn, I mowed the lawn, I did all those jobs. Just do it. See the job, do it, and she will love you for it, okay? She'll feel at peace with you when you don't get angry and close her off when she vents her frustrations. When you admit you were wrong every now and then and apologise. When you forgive her, when she asks, she'll feel more at peace. And when you resolve issues quickly rather than let them stew. Don't nurse bitterness and reassure her of your love. Women are very connected creatures, I think. We just want everything to be close and connected. So when, if there is a conflict or something going on, I know for us, again, I'm only speaking from my experience, okay? It might be totally different in your world. But Greg tends to want to pull away and withdraw a little bit and work things out. My way of working things out is in your face, talking about it. And that used to drive him crazy. So we've learnt that he needs his space to process things and then we can come together and work that out. She's assured of your loyalty, men, when you speak highly of her to others and, and the children. You help in decisions about the children. Don't leave it all up to the wife to do all the child raising. When you don't look lustfully at other women, she feels secure. When you make, your, you, when you make her and your marriage a priority and you don't allow the children to speak disrespectfully, to her. So if you've got children that aren't respecting their mum, guess what men? It's up to you to pull those kids into line and teach them how to show respect. Okay? And last one, she'll feel esteemed when you're proud of her and everything she does. When you open the door for her, those nice little niceties. When you give her praise and encouragement. We all thrive on encouragement. And you notice something new about her hair or clothes. Okay? So blokes, if she gets her hair done... Notice it, okay? Oh, you look amazing. I like your hair. You might even have to tell a little lie if you don't like it. But notice it, okay? Because she goes to a lot of trouble, pays a lot of money, often your money, so you should notice it. <laughs> uh, you value, when she, she'll feel esteemed when you value her opinion. 
Let her talk and go, yeah, that's a great idea. I respect that opinion. Okay, each, each of us needs to get better at reading our spouse, reading their reactions and their responses. For a relationship to stay strong and healthy, it requires both partners to be inputting, not just once. No point the girls just reading these books and doing all the stuff. It takes, takes both of us to, to help. So what if it's all one-sided? You might be sitting there thinking, oh, it's all right for you. You know, it works for you. I've tried that. I've tried loving my, respecting my husband and I've had no love back and vice versa. If you don't get any results, why even bother? So the last cycle may give you some hope. It's called the rewarded cycle. So keep showing your spouse unconditional love or unconditional respect even if it's not working. Look for the slightest improvements. Remember the blue and the pink glasses? We don't always see things the way that our spouse sees things. And things could be happening in your favour and having an impact, but you're not seeing them the way he's seeing them. And don't interpret delay as defeat. It can take a long time of changing things around and doing things differently. And do not assume that what you're doing is not bearing any fruit. Have confidence that God will work, especially if you are faithful in prayer also. And what happens is when you love or respect unconditionally, you're following God and his will for you. And ultimately... Your spouse and your marriage have very little to do with it. It has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. And when you can do this, your actions will please God and will be rewarded. So his love, this last cycle, his love, sorry about that quality, that's all I could get. His love blesses regardless of her respect and her respect blesses regardless of his love. Okay? So in Ephesians In chapter 6, it goes on to say this. Paul says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each of you for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. So he's basically saying in this verse, Whatever you do to the Lord, you receive back from the Lord. In marriage, everything you do counts, even if your spouse ignores you. And that's what this rewarded cycle is all about. To the world, it makes absolutely no sense for a wife to put on respect toward a husband who is harsh and unloving. And it makes no sense for a husband to put on love toward a contemptuous, disrespectful woman. But it makes perfect sense to God for you to do that. And what is wisdom to God is foolishness to the world. And that's in 1 Corinthians 3.19. So this should give us hope. Think of it like a deposit being made in heaven. I'm going to get my pom-poms back out. No, 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 it's all, it's all good. It's the angels this time. The angels have pom-poms. Didn't you know that, Greg? They have pom-poms. Each time you make a decision to show respect or love against the odds, ka-ching, the angels are watching and they're going, yay, she did it again. She held her tongue and spoke kindly to him. Well done. And then he showed her love and didn't withdraw even when she was being a cow. I don't know if angels say that, but... They might, woohoo! So they're up there cheering, going like, yes, she did it, he did it. Well, maybe they don't work like that, but I like to think they do. Um, we'll all be judged one day for our deeds on earth. So let's build up heavenly rewards that Jesus is keen for us to have. And what happens? The reward cycle actually deepens your love and reference for Jesus as you show love and respect each time to your house because you're doing it unto him. The husband who loves God should love his wife also, just as Christ loves the church. 
A wife's unconditional respect for her husband reveals her reverence and love for Christ. So a good question for you is to ask, am I really loving Jesus as displayed by my responses to my spouse? Mm, None of us are perfect in this loving game. So don't beat yourself up if you blow it from time to time, as we all do. It doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus if you have a bad day in your marriage. In fact, your life in Christ is the thing that will get you started again. So many people that can get caught up in a bad marriage without Christ in there, they just, I'm out of here, this is too hard. Thank you very much. But we have Christ in us and we have that ability to ask him to help us to love more deeply. And I just want to take a minute to honour some of our beautiful young mums. Some of them are over here. Um, These girls have husbands that don't attend the church regularly and some may not even have the same belief system as these girls. Um, I'm just so proud of the way they are building their marriages in a God-honouring way. Learning what they can about relating God's way and being respectful and prayerful to their husbands. Well done, girls. I am very, very proud of you. <laughs> and, this, and this great passage of scripture in 1 Peter 3 says this Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. And I think that's what you girls are doing a fantastic job of doing. So keep it up. Um, so no, um, no matter how depressing or irritating your spouse may be, and I'm sure they're not, but just every now and then, in 36 years, there's probably been a couple of times when we've been a bit irritating with each other. Um, remember, my response is my responsibility. He or she does not cause me to be the way I am. He or she reveals the way I am. Now, that's a good little point. Ponder on that one for a moment. Because what can happen? We can do the blame game. Well, if you didn't act like that, if you hadn't said that, well, I wouldn't have had to act like that. Well, that you can get into that, but guess what? It gets you nowhere. That'll get you back on that crazy cycle, round and round and round. Just remember that my response is my responsibility. And as you mature, I could never have said this message many years ago. I was probably right in that crazy cycle and the, all those cycles. But with a bit of maturity... And a lot of years of marriage under my belt, I kind of get this a little bit now. So it is up to us. And our our reactions are often an indicator of our character and our soul, revealing that maybe we still have just a few little issues to be dealt with in life and healed. And Jesus is the best person that we can go to, to get that healing and that pain. And the Holy Spirit can bring you to spiritual emotional wholeness, which is where we all are aiming to be. Think for a minute about a a speck of sand, right? If it gets in your eye, it can cause irritation and maybe infection if it's not removed, if it stays there. However, put that same speck of sand in an oyster and it causes irritation, then secretion, and eventually it forms a pearl. That's right. Was the sand the primary cause of the result in the eye and the oyster? No. If it were, the results would be exactly the same. The sand was the agent that revealed the inner properties of the eye and the oyster. So in a real sense, when life with your spouse causes irritation, you can either let it develop into an infection or you can allow it to become a beautiful pearl. Okay, so next time they're rubbing you the wrong way, keep that image of a pearl in mind. 
Just submit it to God, do what he tells us, follow the word of God and see if a pearl comes up. Jesus can help you to be loving and dignified even when your spouse is being difficult. Your spouse can affect you but can't control you. You have complete freedom in Jesus. And freedom comes in your heart when you realise that you can love or respect your partner because of who God has created them to be in his image rather than by their behaviour. Okay, so it's lifting your eyes up that little bit higher, away from their behaviour, onto the person that God's created them to be. And as you mature in this attitude and response, a wonderful thing happens. Your children notice your godly behaviour in honouring your spouse and you realise that you're teaching them and leaving a godly legacy for them. As your children see you living out Christ's words, the truth will make you free and you will help set them on a path in their journey in loving Jesus. What greater joy can a parent have than that, than setting your kids up to be followers of Jesus? So have a think for a minute, question for you. What kind of example are you setting for your children? Just have a little think. As the week goes on, what kind of message are you sending your children? How are you teaching your children how to relate? Do you need to make some changes? The crazy cycle will always be there in a relationship, ready to spin out of control. But the key is to know how to spot trouble early and keep it contained. To be able to learn to decode those messages that your spouse is sending. Does he need more respect? Does she need more love? How have you been acting lately? Has this message at all started to impact? Has the Holy Spirit been even nudging you? Oh, maybe you've been a little bit unloving lately. Maybe a little bit of disrespect has come creeping into your marriage. Take responsibility. You can make the changes right up now, front early in the year. The energising cycle then goes into motion when you, the wife, can practically show your husband respect, which will motivate him to show you more love. And then it just keeps on turning. And that's a great place to be. And look, you've got to be realistic. You may not stay in that beautiful energised cycle all the time. But if you've got something to aim for, most of the time it's pretty good. Remember, it's a choice to get off the spin and proactively meet the needs of your spouse. Then the reward cycle comes into play when the love blesses regardless of respect and vice versa and God is glorified. And that's the best reason to obey and follow God's word. In our key verse, Paul says this, it's a profound mystery. The two can come together in one flesh. This is so true, especially now we're aware of all the difficulties that come in a relationship. But Paul speaks in Ephesians 5, especially in times of conflict, that one flesh union can be yours. So make a decision today to come together as one flesh in prayer before God. Pray for each other. Pray the Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you and bless your spouse. And when blue and pink come together, what colour is it? It's purple. And purple is a very royal colour and I think that's a beautiful colour for Jesus, our King Jesus. So that's a beautiful little thing. Quoting this scripture is easy. Anyone can quote this scripture. Love your wife, respect your husband, but living it out on a daily basis takes more commitment. So I'm going to finish with a story. In the winter of 2009, a large passenger plane carrying 150 people made an emergency landing in the freezing Hudson River in New York City. The pilot, Captain Chesley Sullenberger, who landed the plane without any casualties, was later asked about those moments in the air when he, faced, when he was faced with a life or death decision. 
He said this, one way of looking at this, he said, might be that for 42 years I've been making small, regular deposits in this bank of experience, education and training. And on that day, the balance was sufficient so that I could make a very large withdrawal and nobody was hurt. I thought that was great, a great thing. So it's like our relationships. If we're making regular deposits into our spouse's love bank, there will always be plenty to draw on when crisis comes or trouble comes. You don't want to be running on empty because when you're on empty and you need to make that withdrawal, there's nothing there, nothing there. Just like when you go to the bank and you need some money and there's nothing there. It's not a very nice feeling. So how's your love balance today with your spouse? Maybe if you're here with your spouse, take their hand, give them a little squeeze. Is the gauge on empty or full? Or somewhere in between? And just like our marriages, our relationship with Jesus is exactly the same. We make regular deposits into our spiritual tank by spending time with Him in prayer, devotion, solitude, rest, reading His Word. And we do that to ensure there's abundant love and grace. So when we need those withdrawals in times of crisis, there's plenty there in the bank. So let's pray. Oh God, we love you so much. Thank you for your word. Your word sets us free, God, the truth. The truth sets us free. And we want to be free to be the very best we can in our relationships, whether it be in our marriages, partnerships, friendships, as sons and daughters, Lord God, help us be the very best we can be by respecting one another and loving one another the very best we can. And we can't do that by ourselves because we just don't have it. But we need you, Holy Spirit, filling us afresh, teaching us and showing us how we can do that. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for when we haven't done the right thing, when we maybe haven't been respectful or loving when we should have been. But teach us how in the future to do that more and more so that we can have those beautiful relationships that shine brightly for you, that others are drawn to. And then we can help set their eyes upon you, Jesus. We thank you in your mighty name. Amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.